This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Welcome to the 71st ACC Now podcast. I'm News Observer Sports columnist Lutie Cock. I am joined today by uh, self-described local eccentric, frequent radio guest host on 99.9, uh, Sports Channel 8 innovator, Raleigh podcast. What? What? Hayes Promar. What else can we throw in there? Initials? Uh, maybe some other stuff coming up soon, but we'll we'll save that for later. And for, I, local eccentric was described. By someone else, but then I chose to uh, to keep it. So not like that. that. Yeah. Also, yeah. Uh, I was I was bragging about how you know it was when I went to the Final Four and I happened to have a friend in New Orleans who knew how to sail a boat, and we had a friend in New Orleans who had a boat, so we went out sailing on like Pontchartrain. I was like, I really am lucky to like know nice people that could do cool things, and uh, I think it was Dave Gorin who's like, you're like America's guest. Yeah, like local eccentric America's guest. Like, I believe I might have tagged you with that of all people because did you not fly to New Orleans in someone else's plane? Yes, yeah, we did I believe did that. Well, now I, he was related to it. It is, um, it's a half brother in law of mine. Okay, so, uh, but uh, I have a, I have a wide family as well. Not not as big as some people, but um, but yes, uh, I, I'm always up for an adventure. I knew a few people who flew private to New Orleans, but you're the only one I know whose plane had propellers. Yeah, <laughs> none of them. A propeller. Probably only like half of them would have gotten on the plane that I was flying in on. It was not glamorous, but but it was cool. It was an adventure. Not to get sidetracked, but we also just we discussed possi- the possibility in Brooklyn of me flying back with you on that plane if it had worked out um, from the I, ACC tournament. I, off the podcast, I shouldn't do this to the. the uh, I won't even do it. I, I, don't, I don't like <laughs> to give people not re- reasons to to. To, I like to encourage people to try things that sometimes have risk with them. So I don't like to pass on information that would, you know, discourage uh, risk taking. So uh, I'll, I'll, I'll say what else. We're off. We're off to a great start. He's a great pilot. It's a great plane. Anyway, we'll uh, we're yeah, we're recording this the Sunday after the uh, epic State Carolina game uh, in Chapel Hill, in which North Carolina won. Uh, Terquavian Smith appeared to be very seriously injured and then now appears to not be very seriously injured. Uh, Caleb Love picked up, uh, or uh, uh, Casey Morcel got a flagrant foul uh, for banging Caleb Love in the face with his free arm. And Armando Baycott wore sunglasses, taking a jab at none other than Terquavian Smith at a, at a point where Terquavian was still in the hospital. Uh, it was a lot to unpack. And uh, the foul discrepancy, I would be remiss in not pointing out the foul discrepancy, NC State or uh, North Carolina had 39 free throw attempts. NC State uh, did not. And that has become a talking point for state fans who don't understand why the local media won't call out the ACC officials for being corrupt. I thought we were going to, this is total sidetrack again. I thought we were done with that when John Swafford is no longer ACC commissioner. Like I thought when they brought in a guy from Northwestern that we were going to be able to move beyond that. But anyway, that does lead us to what, I wanted to talk about with Hayes because there's very few people 
who have their finger on sort of the pulse of local fandom the way that that Hayes does, uh, you know, despite his his many faults, that happens to be one of his virtues. Um, and I want to talk about it. And, and really, you tweeted something this morning, which I 100 percent agreed with and wish I tweeted myself. And I, I want to break down everything in this tweet and then get into a bigger meta discussion about what it all means. But here, here's I'm going to read the tweet. You can find it. I assume most people who listen to this already follow Hayes on Twitter. Um, but but at any rate, here we, we have uh, my takes. I should just have you read this, but I'll do it. Anyone whose immediate reaction wasn't concerned for T and his future is kind of a jerk. Agreed. Booing the leaky ejection call is fine. Agreed. Like the, there was this where I don't know where this came from. Maybe, you know. All of a sudden, state fans or Carolina state fans were complaining that Carolina fans booed Turquavian when he was being taken off the court, which is not true. Uh, Baycott trolling with shades after the fall was crass. Agreed. Uh, T going out with friends because there was a, a Twitter post of a picture of him in a bar last night after he was released from the hospital. Uh, X-rays were negative, so he got out of the hospital. Uh, T going out with friends is 100% fine. And T health update that X-rays were negative and he's day to day is awesome. Anything else, question mark. We're going to get to the anything else. But let's let's break this down a little bit because I think it speaks to a little uh, a little to where this rivalry and maybe fandom in general has gone. So anyone whose immediate reaction wasn't concerned for Tina's future is kind of a jerk. I think everybody would agree on this. But did you get the sense that there were some people who didn't feel that way? Well, it's it's tough also because uh, I was live at the game as probably you were and not on my phone as much. So sometimes you don't you see tweets and you don't know well, was this somebody's first thought or you know we we're sitting there for uh, ten minutes or something for somebody to get stretched out. So there's time to mull multiple thoughts. You know, uh, I also think I want, want to just start with probably the format of the tweet was because and I think this is what, what we're going to get to is almost like well don't even chime in on any thing about this unless i've heard your correct takes on all of these things like don't don't even try to defend you know the, the action of unc fans unless you talk about armando bacon in the shades and if you're doing that you better talk about how turquaven was better later it's, it's, it's like you had to, you know there's uh, a lot going on yeah it, it felt like if you um people weren't even trying to like respond to your point it was like well what about this other point and it was like so many issues involved in it um even you know i saw the, the, you know, Joe Giglio had then at one point, I guess, tweeted some something comparing it to a uh, the, the the Creighton injury to tweet. Yeah, he tweeted a, a picture of Ethan Raggy who inter, who broke Kendall Marshall's wrist uh, and, and, you know, obviously has been public enemy number one for 11 years. Uh, and then he got basically, I don't know why I want to say death threats, but he got threats on Twitter of his yeah. family. Someone posted a picture of his house. <laughs> It's like, I don't, I don't, I don't laugh at that, but you laugh at like when it gets to that level of absurd, but like, but yeah, it becomes one of those things of like, you can't make any one point about anything in this situation unless you've chimed in on all these other things so that we know you're being, you know, virtuous and right on those things. So yes, on the first one with, with any injury and, and we've had this happen before too, we're like, are there, is, was there a fan in the Dean Dome who said, who mocked him and said, you know, get up? Probably. But yeah. the overwhelmingly to tone of the Dean Dome was a hush of concern and like, oh, you know. No, and, you know, UNC's trainers and doctors were over there. I think everyone understood the potential gravity of the situation. Now, was there a still frame at one point of R.J. Davis with a smile on the on the bench? Like, and someone screen grabbed that and sent it out. Like, Carolina's players were laughing. Like, they were sitting there. And if someone said something to R.J. Davis like, aren't you glad that's not you? And he laughed. That doesn't make him a bad person. Uh, yeah, like, like you said, if you were there, it was there was several minutes where people were getting out. And yes, screen grabs in general are like shots. Just like there's people 
using photoshops of Leaky Black's arm hitting Caleb Love, and he, uh, without getting into the call, there was probably something deserving. Today's world, we protect the face and the neck and head, whether it was an ejection, right, whatever. But, you, you know, people are looking at one and, and calling it a vicious attack when another screen grab shows him, like, nearly touching the ball as it's in the air. It's a, it's a, it's a game where everybody's up in the air. But, but yes, the, uh, the reason I started my tweet with the first issue before getting to the other ones was, how, how can you, if you see that play and your thought is it, Man, I hope that guy's okay. Then what do we what do we do? Right? Yeah. If, what's your what's your issue here? Now, what, what you we go to next and, and all those other things? That's fine. But like, how how can you not be thinking, man? I hope that guy's okay. I, I would hope as sports fans, that's always our first thought with injuries. Yeah, and it, you know, look, it was it was apparently Leaky Black's first thought because he asked for Kirkwavian's number and NC State gave it to him. So like. You know, this is like we we don't need to insert ourselves in this to a certain degree. The next one we've already kind of addressed. Booing the leaky ejection call is fine. That's just fans like, OK, whatever. You get guy gets thrown out. People are going to boo. The issue I had with that was the narrative, as we said earlier, that, oh, Carolina fans were booing Turquoise as they were dragging him off the court, which is not absolutely 100 percent false. This guy, I mean, we've we've seen this one repeated. Remember the the how uh, how's your grandma? Oh God! Those chants from you know. Then was then was the how loud was the fuk last year at UNC? Was that were they being respectful? Were they being disrespectful? You know, um, all, all those things that I think we continually. Um, most people, if if you were there, you get an idea of how most people handled the situation, and most people did it right. You know, yeah. I mean, I don't know what else to say about it. But fans booing at a at a at a ejection call, I, I feel like could be separated from the injury that took place during the play. I I, I don't see those two crossing over. Hundred percent. I mean, hey, look, even Mike Shashesky fell victim to that with the Jeff Capel thing, where he's screaming at his own fans, yeah, over nothing, literally no, nothing. Yes, nothing. yes. Um, anyway, yeah, that trying to judge what the crowd is doing is, is yeah. tough sometimes. All right, so the Baycott sunglasses thing. I think this is where you kind of my feeling on this was. This is you may be angry that Turquavian Smith had been wearing sunglasses because it was DJ Burns sunglass day when NC State beat Miami. And Turquavian said, you know, you don't have to go to one of those schools in blue. You can come here and win. And I'm paraphrasing that. But that was basically he basically took a shot at Duke and UNC. Uh, and obviously, Armando Baycott being a senior and been around and knows how to play the game took note of that and brought his Gucci shades to wear after today's game, which if Turquavian Smith hadn't been hurt and wasn't in the hospital would be hilarious. Love it. Totally fine. Oh, I'm 100% not, not only totally fine and courage. Like yeah. that's the song. That's the, that's the stuff we love. That, that is rivalry stuff. No, no. I was going to say there's a reason Armando Baycott won the Calden Tudor award, which goes to the most media friendly player because he does stuff like that. Like we love uh, it. Uh, yes, we absolutely love it. And, and so, yes, if he'd done that and even if he'd done if he if if he wanted his post game interview be like love you NC State like trolling NC State in general was still on the board you know what I mean like we love when these guys jump to come to Temple Hill <laughs> but when it was clear and he even in his he said y'all know what it's about it was clear his shades with a shout at Smith we've all had this moment where like oh I got I got to fire a tweet but then you find out the person's like hurt or actually oh the the dumb thing they did was because they're going through a, a rough time in their life yeah. and you're like hey you pull back it's you know like. It was fine that you had you had that thought in adding to the fun of the moment, trash, you know, t- talking trash, and and in that again that thing that we like about sports, interjecting that light. But I do think, and you know, I, I think he should have had the tact to say, not knowing Turquavian's status since the last time we saw him was leaving in a stretcher, 
I, it would have been better to not do it. it is Baycott canceled? Should his you know, character be an issue in, in future professional considerations? To me, absolutely not. No. Was it, was it a crass move? Yes. So Yeah, it was a, yeah, yeah, 100%. Totally fine. It was, a, it was, it was thoughtless, but it wasn't malignant, I didn't yeah. think. I mean, I, if I had seen a guy get wheeled off the court with his arm in an air cast on a backboard with a towel over his face, I probably would have said, I'll save the trash talking for when we beat them in Raleigh on af- the day after the outdoor game. They're but, very easy to do. Um, yeah. But you yeah. know what? Hey, it's a big win for them. He got a little caught up in the moment. He acknowledged, like, he, later in the interview, like, well, he was in his post game. He, he kind of acknowledged, like, yeah, uh, maybe I shouldn't have done that. Like, he was aware, I think, in the moment that, like, oops, I may have gone too far. But, like, we don't, like, there's state fans out there, like, you know, putting a price on his head. This is, we don't need to do that. All right. The next element, and and you, you mentioned what about ism earlier. I think this falls into that category. Someone got a picture of Turquavian who tested out okay and was released from the hospital out with his friends in a bar. And everyone seemed to take that as, well, that means Leaky Block shouldn't have been ejected. You know, the 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 response. Or, or, or that means the Baycott's shades are justified because right. because it's okay, right? Like right. some people say that. Uh, I don't I don't see I don't have any problem with the guy going out if if his doctor said you're cleared, right? We again we do know that a lot of times head and neck stuff, a lot of it is precautionary. We recognize that we put people on stretchers, you know, more often than than we used to. And that's totally fine. That doesn't mean that it, we shouldn't have taken it seriously. We're glad that people do, right? You never know when somebody pops back up, but they've secretly done something in their spine or whatever, um, or or concussion. Hey, and all. Eric Cole skated off the ice with two broken yes. vertebrae. Like it happens. Yes. Like we we did we, we that was two thousand six. This is twenty twenty three. Even if his and now the weird thing is you don't normally put someone's arm in an air cast unless you see something that's very wrong. So I look. I don't. I'm sure they were doing the right thing. I don't know what happened there. But look. Hey, you know what? Even if Terquavian Smith dislocated something and they popped it back in, if the doctors say he can go out and have a club soda, maybe we don't even know that he was drinking. I I went to a party the night I had my wisdom teeth out. Like, people can live. I played poker the night after I had my uh, tonsillectomy. Yeah. You know I, mean? I mean, the night of. I had it that morning. Like, you, you want to be with friends. Like, you're not confined to to sit at home and, and seriously think about the ramifications of a possible injury on the rest of your life, right? Like, you're... 19, you're 20 years old. You go out with friends. That's what you do. Um, I, I have no problem with this. And I, I think most people didn't. I think this is one of those that people, as, as we can debate about the whole, like, uh, who gets blue checks and, and things like that. But oftentimes, too too often, people allow, that, like, maybe there is one person saying, Terquavian Smith uh, shouldn't have gone out, or one person saying, uh, Baycott's totally justified or whatever. The, the, the person gets amplified when, uh, in reality, like most people might agree, uh, regardless of w- what side you're on, most people might agree what's right or wrong here. But like the one person who has, uh, you know, I, I hate to make it a, um, a follower count thing or whatever, but it seems like maybe this is a person that either is just trying to agitate because they can get more attention than they normally do or, you know, not a thoughtful, serious person. So that there, there's the, the mores of social media that, uh, that add into this conversation as well. Right. Yeah. Um, so I don't think many people had a problem with baby T going out. Oh, we shouldn't call baby T anymore. I just think that's a great nickname. Uh, I don't think people had a problem with their Smith going out and I definitely did not. 
no, I'm 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 all for it. If the doctors say it's okay, go crazy with it. And look, that brings us to the last point, which we don't need to spend a lot of time on. I don't want to say miraculous, but given the air cast and the pain he appeared to be in, the fact that he's out that night, I mean, people shouldn't be angry. They should be happy. Um, they should be very happy with the fact that that he's basically gotten a clear bill of health. I mean, man, we're all day to day. So there's nothing, nothing, nothing new about that for him. But, you know, look, like the state players last night and I talked to them, you know, Jarkel Joyner, I, you know, is like, we got to figure out what kind of team we are without Turquavian. Like that was what they were thinking. They thought he was done. They thought he'd broken his arm, that he'd hurt his neck, that they were going to have to go on without him. And like the last line of my column today is, is me saying to Jarkel, so like, so what are you guys going to do about it? He goes, I don't know. You're going to have to ask Coach Keats. I don't have any idea. Like they were, that was more to them than than losing because they played a pretty good game, all things considered. I mean, if Smith is doesn't get hurt there and, you know, maybe diff- maybe maybe things end differently, although certainly Carolina played very well. I mean, that's not the point. I mean, we spent no time talking about the actual basketball here. Um, wow, who cares, right? This is but that, so I have to kind of Type of player that Smith is, right? The reason you love him on the court as a you know, as a fan as you watch the game, he's a guy who can hit three threes in ninety seconds. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like he's a, he's a um, there, there's a lot of guys out there who could play college basketball well and set screens, and even some of them who are like decent shooters. But like he's got that get hot ability of like you know when when he came off the court, it felt like that was their best. Yeah. Chance. Like but the fact that they were behind, right? If they were up and playing with a lead, it might have been different. But um, you knew you, you knew Turquavian was gonna put up two to three three pointers in, in the final five minutes of that game, regardless of what the you know, the score was. And with him off the court, it just didn't didn't quite feel the same. But yes, uh again, the the, the selfish part about it, he's a fun player to watch. So I hope he's back playing Tuesday night and I hope we get to see him. Uh, and again, there is a lot of this stuff. I, I thought the um, I saw the release explained it well. They were like, hey, if it's neck, it had neck involved. We're going stretcher, and he described numbness in the arm, and so it's like it's procedural stuff. If they do that, we do this, and then we get him to a place where we can fully evaluate and decide what's actually you know what up. So um, I thought that was all handled pretty well. I do think again, like it's it is. I sense your frustration, and I share it in that um, it, it's weird how we. It seems like we're taking the fun out of sports when we have to have these kind of discussions. I think part of it is. And again, I'm going back to blaming social media or blaming Twitter, whatever it is. And th- this happens in politics, too, where you a, a, a tragedy happens, maybe in your area, maybe somewhere else. And like you put out a statement and then people say, well, why didn't you put out a statement when uh, th- this tragedy happened? And it's like this degree of like whatever. And that came to the backlash of the never apologize crowd. Like, no. And and I see the logic in that, right? If, if you start going back and appeasing everybody who says, well, why didn't you handle this situation in this way? You're just going to tie yourself in knots and look bad doing it, right? Instead of, you know, sometimes you just, you, and I, mean, I, I do this too as a fan. There are, and this sounds terrible, but sometimes I'll wake up and read the news of a tragic shooting, which one we just had in, in you know, Monterey. And sometimes it'll just hit me different, you know, like maybe it'll be what's going on in my life. And like, then, then I get in my head, I'm like, oh man, I hope I am never perceived as like not caring about that tragedy that I didn't tweet about the same way I did this one. So, and, and when it, and then when it comes to, when you add in the, the tribes, if you will, in this case, it's teams, the, the, the lines are very clearly defined. It used to be the trash talking took place among your family, you know, your your brother-in-law or your sibling or the people in the office where everybody knew the 
parameters. The crowd you know, rules. Yeah. Um, you, I mean, you, you probably got with coworkers or whatever. We've got, you know, I've got the sports channel eight crew. Everybody cheers for everybody else. It's like, there's jokes I'll make in there, either making fun of the team I pull for or making fun of another team. It's like it's not even worth getting on Twitter and and going for because then you get dissected into oh so we never heard you talk about this situation before why are you not doing it like this way and it's um, yeah I, I think you're right it it it, uh, it takes away from the from the fun nature of the of being a fan we're like it, it, I go back to the um, the Drake May taking a shot at state and then apologizing for it. Oh my God. Why did he apologize? It seemed like everybody was, you know, there might be a, a state fan who's going to take it way too seriously and say, that's a, that's a oh. shot I'll never forgive or whatever. Most fans are like, bring it up. And that makes me want to beat him even more. And I hope we're going to sack him. And I hope he is not injured, but I hope we get him 15 times, you know? Yeah. Um, and the only thing that made people mad on both sides was when he apologized, and it becomes this, you know, um, Courtney Bangard too, you know, like yeah. regardless yeah. of what outlet she was choosing to be on, like trash talk without that much, with those whose whose feelings are really hurt. Yes, if she calls Reynolds a small gym, we know it's not true. We know that Reynolds is one of the great gyms in the country, old or new, whatever. Like we know she's just taking a shot to to spice things up. Why? Why is why would you make her backtrack on that? I don't understand it. And then I hundred percent believe, and this goes to the point with with the players too. This may or may not be true. We don't know, right? I mean, if if coaches are smart, they want each other doing that thing. I mean, I go, I've read the biography of like Bones McKinney and all these guys were like they basically they're all friends, but they're like we need better ratings. We need to start pushing each other's buttons and yelling at the refs and things like that, and make it entertaining, you know? Yeah, Rick Barnes and but, Dean Smith, all of it. B.S., if Courtney Bangert and Wes Moore and Armando Bacot to Quavian Smith, if they are intelligent, thoughtful people, they are playing a little bit to the media, and then they very well may have each other's numbers and be like, hey, I may have gone a little over the line, but you, you know I respect your program, but uh, but I had, you know, I had to get a shot in or whatever. Like, or less, you just, if you, if you never want to have those type of safe associations, you'll be seen... Uh, by your peers is like a little bit of a jerk, right? But yeah. the being publicly a little bit combative and a little spicy, I think is totally fine. But uh, when when fans get involved, it, it becomes this whole, you know, tribal system. And then almost like it, it then we start, when, when a serious issue comes up, like a person being hurt, then we start blame gaming and pointing out and keeping score of who was appropriately sorry when and when it happened to you, so... Yeah, it's 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 taken away from the fun of the game for sure. It it just feels like I mean uh, this is a conversation I, I had last night after the game. The passion for the teams is what made this area great, and those rivalries and the conversations you would have, and the fact that you know you, people had their house divided, license plates, and all that stuff. But it feels like, and whether it's social media or the fact that sports has become way too important in our lives that it's so toxic now. And and that's really, that's the meta conversation I wanted to have with you. We've touched on it throughout this conversation, but you know, you look at the, 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 the commentary on social media last night about this game. And it was the, you know, the sort of, uh, 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 grievance and, and victimhood and the bile. And it's just like, what happened to just like the fun, like, you know, Aaron Rodgers being like, I own the bears. I own you. Like, that's fine. And then people are like, I'm going to send Aaron Rodgers a death threat because he can't treat us like, like what, you know, people take this stuff far more seriously than they used to. And, you know, you see the videos of like estate fans in 83 with their hats and pom-poms and, and like that kind of fandom, it feels to me is, 
is fading away and replaced by not just tribal, but this this almost partisan fandom where you can't accept any view other than that that's most favorable to your team. And obviously, look, that's fed by some of this team media. If you or I are fans of a, let's say you, you're a fan of, of the Cincinnati Bengals, you can get all of your news about the Bengals from three or four websites that will portray every single thing in the most Bengals favorable light. Whereas in 1983, everybody was getting their, their news from the NNO or the Durham Morning Herald or the Evening Sun, or I probably have that backwards or whatever. You know, you, 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 you operated from that sort of, we talk about this in politics, that common set of facts. And now there isn't that. And I, I think in this area in particular, although it's true everywhere, I mean, look at the Kentucky fans, you know, when what they did to Doug Shows over the call in the Carolina-Kentucky yeah. game in 17, it, it just feels like we've, we've lost perspective a little bit on the fact that this is supposed to be fun, not a Nuremberg rally. And everyone just seems to be each other's throats all the time. And I'm wondering if there's something other than team media and social social media that's feeding that. Is that just part of where we are as a society now? I think so. I think it's some of the same things we see. I, I also think there's the the rise of um and and um I'm not knocking these people. I'm not I'm not uh I'm not everybody can, can is free to consume sports the way they want to. That's one of the great things about it, right? Like I can I can be a fan and only watch, you know, Carolina basketball or only tune in and not care about recruiting. Like that's my right to not care about it. Or I can only watch when my team's good. Also my right, you know, like I can care less. Like there's no um yeah, so there's people can fan different ways, but there is, I think, sometimes, um, and and I'm not talking trash because of the back, a lot of these people are people I, I like and enjoy and consume because they're representatives of their team and their fan base, right? But there's an element of you when when people are chiming in in the conversation, they're not trying to further the conversation or even necessarily saying what they think is right. They are playing to the other fans, like they know where they sit in the fan. Like I'm the funny fan, or I'm the fan who runs a blog, or I'm I'm the angry fan, or I'm I'm the student. I'm the cool student that that represents our fan base, you know. And so um, it, I think people will a lot of times are playing that role. And that role is like playing that they're not playing to the other fan bases, right? Like that's, we cross paths with each other, but like their fun time and their comfort zone and the people that are retweeting them and agreeing with them and, and stuff like that is, is, um, is their crowd, their part, you know, their party, their team or whatever it is. And I think that adds to, I mean, we all know these things, but like in the moment we're having social media conversations and we're, yeah, maybe we get mad that somebody got misrepresented or or mad that somebody accidentally stuck the picture at the back of our head and their tweet and people are talking about my yeah, uh, Baldy now. Uh a uh, little little inside baseball there. But no, but uh, I think I think sometimes that's it. It's like people have um status as fans and they play to that a little yeah. bit of like, yeah, I'm 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 this guy in our fan base. And again, I'm not knocking them as people, but it influences how they are right. and well, yeah, the conversation. And that can be very prominent national people sometimes. I mean, yes, I think with yes. all of all of the teams here, we have people who have made a brand out of being that guy or that girl for these teams. I'm the person who defends my team no matter what. I'm the person who's going to call out the corrupt officials or the corrupt media or any of this stuff. It just but we and that's fine, it, it, as you said, sort of in and of itself. But when you kind of put this together in this sort of cosmic gumbo, it, it, it doesn't end up tasting very good sometimes. And it just, you know, last night seemed to crystallize that for me a little bit, just in the sense that, you know, we had a guy who was 
appeared to be pretty seriously hurt. And NC State loses again in Chapel Hill for the 8 million minus one time in the last 8 million games. But all anyone's really talking about is how angry they are with the other fan base. And I feel like that has changed a little bit. I mean, maybe if you go back to 1985 and you're sitting on a bar stool in the in in Crowley's and these same discussions are taking place over a, a Bud Heavy and we just don't know because it's not on social media or as you said, it's because they're with people, you know, so it's a but. You know, like it's like we can, they can't do that to our pledges. Only we can do that to our pledges. Right. I've been ripped. Yeah. Even if you don't know them, I mean, be again, I'm not playing psychologist, but even being in person, I sat at the game last night next to Josh Goodson, big NC State fan, wearing NC State stuff. And we've got dudes, maybe a little bit younger than us, but like in their 30s and they're fired up all Carolina fans around us. And there's this great element of we're kind of talking trash. We're kind of agreeing when there's a bad call, even if it benefited all one side or the other. It's like, right. oh, that, that was a bad call. You, you know, like, the, the, and and like that's that's the vision of perfect fandom, you know? And and uh, one side's cheering, one's bad, and nobody's throwing um, punches at each other. And uh, and you're kind of talking trash. You know, Goodson is out there pointing the ref, the, the, the foul call. And it's funny because he's not really getting mad. He's not, you know, he's like, he's like, Wow, I hope uh, I hope we get to double digit free throws for us at some point, you know. And again, these guys are like, "Wow, that is absurd." You know, it's getting a little bit much. And like that, that's fandom working at its best, right? Yeah. And then, and when when the guy was hurt, everyone on both sides was was concerned about that. Nobody was talking any any trash. You know, I'll even admit, I was we were near the the state bench. I was talk uh, talking trash to uh, Burns to to DJ Burns, and in fact. I must say, I must uh, confess a little bit. When when body shaming fully becomes you know, like a cancel cancelable heckling offense, I've, I've always found myself a great heckler. Like I don't, you know, I think I'm within the norms of what's okay to be. Like you're a professional playing sports, I'm allowed to. Especially when you make a mistake, I'm allowed to get on you. I've seen this whole um, this. I I'm open to. There was a great podcast with Pablo Torres and JJ Reddick about mental health and athletes, and it's like on the one hand. That's that's how you prove yourself of like being strong. And in, in the same way that we recognize that and I, I don't think I'm being crass here. Maybe I'm totally getting off on a tangent, but we recognize that if you have a uh, if, if you have a disability that doesn't allow you to walk, we don't have to make exceptions for you to play basketball professionally. This is just how it's going to be. Right. We. Yes, we're, we in everyday life, we should make exceptions for people that have wheelchairs, but that's not going to work out to play basketball. Right. And so in mental health, it, it almost feels the same way. Like we should support whatever and support everyone, but like we can't take out the situation of a lot of pressure being on you shooting a free throw and some people yelling at you, wanting you to miss and laughing at you when you miss. Like that, like we're not going to remove that part. But um, so I'm, you know, I'm yelling at, at DJ Burns. His parents are there cheering for him. They're not looking at me, but they can hear me and they're cheering louder when he does good stuff. And I'm sitting there having to admit when he's making great moves to the the state fan was something like that was a nasty move, you know, stuff like that. But that's, that to me, that's fandom, right? That's how it's supposed to work. Uh, yes, and you're supporting your side. You're ribbing the other team a little bit. Uh, you you admit when there's a great play, even if the other guy makes. Wow, that was incredible! Like Bur- Burns moves great for a big guy, you know. Um, and then nobody gets mad, and you're more happy when your team won when they didn't. But uh, and yeah, and maybe that's the force is tough. Maybe that's the big thing that's changed is it used to it used to be people were happier about their team winning than the other team losing. And now I feel like people are happier, like with the the K stuff last year, 
I feel like Carolina fans, some, not going to tar everybody with the same brush here, were happier that Duke lost those two games than Carolina won either of them. Even though the second one meant you were going to play Kansas for the 18 millionth time in the NCAA tournament for a national title. But and now look, let's be honest, some of that has to do with the way that Kay drew attention to himself in his last year. I mean, some of that is not, doesn't come out of a void. Yes, uh, I also I also think that one's uh, this may be the Carolina fan in, in me. There was a little it wasn't a hundred percent K losing. It was like the relief of not having K win. Yeah, especially down to the final four, it was we can't even, let this happen. Even more than than uh, you know winning the winning a semifinal game is one thing, but not having to watch losing you know K march to retirement by beating us in the final four and winning a championship. Yeah, it was a little bit of relief. But I, but your point is taken. Sure, yes, yeah. I think there's a lot of like, we want the other guy to be miserable more than we want to be happy. Yeah, and I think honestly, I think you see that maybe more than anywhere in the state Carolina football series. Um, you know those games because look, there's never anything really on the line in those games. I mean, maybe someone gets eight wins or nine, whatever. But like we know that this is not like, you know, Clemson playing Alabama. Like it's this, it's it's it literally is for pride. Military bowl versus cheese bowl, baby. Yeah, like are we going to are we going to El Paso or are we going to San Diego? And it it just feels like it in those games that the you're you're let you're you're in it not to lose as opposed to being in it to win. But I either way, it doesn't matter. I, I think all of that, what we just talked about in the the last little bit here, the the bas- the K stuff and the football, it pales in comparison to me to last night. Last night to me was just it just it had that sort of uh, stench to it of just bad fandom. And look, not, I'm not saying everybody's a bad fan. It's just the way that all that was communicated. The fact that you felt the need to put out the tweet you put out this morning that we started the podcast with certainly suggests a sort of the the toxic stew that was out there. Anything you... I'm sorry, like final right. thoughts I, here. No, final thoughts. I, I think it gets ramped up because an actual serious issue came out. If it was... It, it would have been... The discourse would have been terrible about the free throw disparity and all that stuff anyway. I'm not saying that there isn't a discussion to be had here, but like that would have been all the talk and all the fouls and whatever. uh, But I think the fact that there then when it became a young man's health was part of the issue, then that brought into the who's being righteous enough about, you know, who's caring enough and who's who cared more the last time when a different player was hurt, you know, that 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 brought it to a level that was even, you know, stinkier, if you will. That's it for my final thoughts. Let's uh, let's just hope for a, let's hope for everybody to be healthy and a good run to the uh, last half of ACC play. Yeah, and and honestly, the, selfishly from a columnist and radio host perspective, this makes the game in February a billion times oh, better because yeah. we get to rehash all this in four weeks. A hundred percent. So, Hayes, thank you for your time. Podcast Raleigh Sports Channel Eight. You can hear him, me and him, Fridays on 99.9 The Fan when Adam Gold is on vacation. They give him so much time off over there that, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So Fridays, we get to we get to chop it up sometimes. We've, we've done some good stuff from with one or both of us being at the beach at the time some, occasionally, too. So. That's right. All right. Thank you, Hayes. Appreciate it, uh, everybody. I'm Luke DeCock. That was Hayes Permar. And this was the ACC Now podcast. <laughs>